Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, in this episode, Stefan and co-host Edray are joined by marketing rock star Eric Sue as they tackle the never-ending debate on whether gaming is a great tool for developing a variety of skills or just a plain distraction that takes away from growth and productivity. So what is it? Now here's a glimpse of the game-changing insights you are about to discover. How parents can leverage gaming for their children's personal development and future success. Two, major investing in entrepreneurial skills you can learn from playing poker. This is why top VCs and entrepreneurs play poker. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, back. I mean, to the book. I mean, like it's um. So yeah, I played a bunch of EverQuest. Like I, you know, I, I remember you could do uh, like you know backslash like play date or play time or whatever, and you'd look at yeah. it was like you know hundreds of days or something like that. And and yeah. um, but you know, I loved it. My parents didn't really understand, and yet I actually look back and have these really like fond memories. Right, they were some of the happiest times of my life. I definitely played a bit too much and all yeah. that. Um. But I think to to your point today, like like gaming is just growing massively, right? Like esports, you look at stuff like Roblox, um, you look at social game, you look at Twitch, and the amount of like time, right? Right, like that is like the reality. And I'm a parent of a young girl. Um, I know Neil, your your partner in some ventures, has a young child as well. And so I think for parents, like even for young like toddlers, it's on our minds because my daughter loves the tablet and she's playing like Khan Academy games and other games. And you know, it's only going to get so it's like how do you navigate that? Because I think the idea of just completely like trying to, to keep them away from games, like it doesn't make any sense. You solve problems in games, right? You develop critical thinking skills. Plus we're becoming a society, like whether you like it or not, unless you want to go live in the woods of Montana, that's more and more connected to like, you know, consoles and interfaces. And so how do you, you know, how do you navigate that? So what's some of the best advice that you have for parents, um, maybe in the book about how do they have those conversations or how do they understand, um, you know, when their kids are going crazy on Fortnite or whatever it is, how do they, how do they kind of have those conversations with their kids? Yeah, I, I can't speak to kind of direct uh, advice on this because I don't have children yet. Um, what I would say is um, I just I can speak to what I wished at the time. I, I think deep down what I really wished for my parents um, to do was to really acknowledge what I was doing and really, like I mentioned earlier, have that sense of curiosity. Um, but we had a really big fights because keep in mind, if I'm part of an Uber guild, I would come back from school, 6 p.m. The raids start. We end at about 10 or 11, if not more. Like if we get wiped, we have to go back. Right. Um, and so, and you know how those wipes are, they're a pain in the butt. Um, and so, you know, when things get really tense, like I would have a book in front of me, right? Like acting like I was doing homework, but there was like this deception that I had to do with my, my parents. 
And, um, you know, we, we, it would get really tense. Like I remember there'd be periods of time where, um, I get in a big fight with my dad. I wouldn't talk to him. And then a big fight with my mom wouldn't talk to him. These would go for weeks at a time. And I also got really, <laughs> my face got really fat at the time too, because when I wouldn't talk to my mom, she'd stop cooking for me. So my dad would take me to Burger King every day after school and get me two Whoppers with a diet Coke to keep the fat off. And, um, you know, <laughs> that's what, that's what happened. But my point is just, I, I think for me, all I can say is I would definitely like, whether it's gaming or something else, just being curious about what my child is doing and helping them understanding, Hey, what are you doing to get better? Because to your point, a lot of critical thinking skills, um, you learn how to manage your emotions as well. Like poker was, was big for me for that. Um, you learn how to think in bets too. It's like all this stuff, like some of this stuff I think are, should be prerequisites, like learning how to play poker or, or chess um, in school should be required. For sure. Dude, that's funny. I feel like you and I have somewhat similar backgrounds, but um, I mean, cause so, and I don't make this episode about me, it's about you, but just after my senior year of high school, I kind of, when I finally sort of stopped playing EverQuest, I um, started playing poker cause I was in San Diego and the casinos were 18 up. I learned in 2003 at a friend's house, 2004 is when poker got really big. So I would just go after, sometimes during school, I'd like ditch, I'd have free lunch, free period, and then astronomy, which I could ditch, like, so I could have like a three and a half hour, four hour. You did this in high school? Oh yeah. So I drive to the (laughs) Quan, which is one of the Indian casinos. uh, I'd go play poker there and come back for the final end of the day and then go home. But then I would come home and I would take a nap, wake up, have a cup of coffee. And then I would go to Barona, which is another Indian casino at about five, five 30 and play until about nine or nine 30 and come home. And my parents at first for that were resistant, but then I was like, was stopped asking them for money, was like buying my own stuff, um, was like so happy my grades went up and I had this great structure in my life. And I, I thought I was gonna become a poker, professional poker player for a while and, and ended up not. But um, I guess, yes, this is interesting that, so, so you, what's your background of poker? I'd love to hear that. Um, yeah, but by the way, before we go to that, did your parents support what you're, cause it actually seems like they supported you when poker, you're doing yeah. that. Poker, poker? Yeah. EverQuest, they were not stoked. I think they tolerated EverQuest at best. Yeah. Um, they did not support it. Uh, but poker, yeah. they they weren't like super supportive. Like they weren't like, you know, yeah. coming to watch me play and, and cheering me on, but they were like cool with it, you know? So so that, I mean, this is huge, right? Cause I've never been on a podcast where there's two different perspectives, right? So the, the, the Asian perspective is like, you know, complete like, you know, shutdown, right? Like right. let's call it a lockdown, right? That's what it was. Um, on your end, it seems like they they tolerated it. And then also with poker, they supported you, right? So, I mean, how did that help your psyche? So for me, it was more so I have a big chip on my shoulder and I'm going to prove you wrong, right? For for blocking me on all this. How how are you feeling? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I felt lucky. I mean, I just, I remember just being so happy my whole senior year because it was like, I was taking classes mostly that I actually wanted to take because I'd gone through all the requisites, you know, so I didn't have to take like a math class, which I never, ironically, because of playing poker and, and doing business, I you know, was never a great math student, especially like abstract stuff that I just didn't think was like at all applicable, right? Because I got later on, I took like statistics and um, I did like uh, advanced logic and actually really enjoyed that stuff. But like, um, you know, like calculus or like even like like algebra two was like not into it. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, I was taking classes I wanted my social, I just, I had a lot of confidence and I felt like this, this road of possibilities to me. Right. I felt like there's so much possibility and openness, which I think has influenced me to this day. Right. So I, yeah, I think it had a really positive influence. Wow. Okay. So that's huge right there. Right. So I, I think those, you can just draw from our conversation right here. You can see on one side, infinite possibilities, right? Like I kind of had to discover that later. Um, for me, I felt like I was blocked and, and kind of uh, oppressed, right. For lack of a better word. Um, but 
going to poker real quick. So I grew up in LA. Um, I, I actually went to college in UC San Diego. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very familiar with Barona. Um, so, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old, this was when the poker boom happened. And uh, I got crushed by all my friends. They would make fun of me. Like Eric, Eric's easy money has no idea what he's going. So coming from my gaming world, oh, okay. You're going to look down on me. Fuck you, right? Sorry, cussing. But That's like, funny. and then I, then I have to dominate everyone, right? So I, it got to the point where it wasn't fun. They, they didn't like playing with me anymore because I'd have all the chips at the end, right? And these were all these were cash games. So I, I would have everyone's money at the end. Um, and so eventually we took that over to the, we had the Morongo Casino over here, the Indian yeah. Casino. And um, I actually ended up going to that college the first two years. So I went to UC Riverside and um, I would go to Morongo every single day um, or I would play World of Warcraft. I would not go to class at all pretty unhealthy. Um, and then, at, you know, at 6am, I go get like a $6 burger from Carl's Jr. The guacamole one with uh, chili cheese fries as well. And a large raspberry iced tea it was really bad. But so um, with poker, I was playing, I got to the point where I was playing about 10 to 14 hours a day, but I was, I was winning um, a lot. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, I was winning like 70 grand a year for a college students, pretty yeah, good. Awesome. Um, so I played a lot of tournaments, I played a lot of cash games. And I played a lot at the casino too, but um, I don't regret it. And going back to what I was saying earlier, what I learned from poker and why you see some of the top VCs and, and entrepreneurs playing still on TV as well. I learned, most important thing, you can play, you can bring your A game three, six months, 12 months at a time, but variance will still catch you and you can still lose for 12 months in a row. And so it forces you to either learn how to control your emotions or you can completely lose your shit, right? And there were times in the very beginning where I just lose my shit. Sometimes I'd go home and I'd be like, I, I, might, I might scream, right? Um, and then it learns, it teaches you how to think like an investor, right? How to think and bet. So, you know, those of you that understand poker, if you're playing Texas Hold'em, if you're, if you're playing with like five people in a hand and you have a straight flush draw, dude, this is your chance to maybe 5X your money, right? Um, so a lot of these things in business, in the real world, uh, in real life, you actually learn from poker. It, it teaches you, you train to be better in real life. That's what it is. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Um, yeah, you know, and thinking back to when I was 18 too, I think the other thing that it did is it gave me confidence. I don't know if you were considered, if you would have considered yourself a confident kid in like, you know, middle school and high school, but I feel like I wasn't really, I think I, I kind of, I mean, I used to be, I was like fat when I was like younger. And then I, by, you know, middle of high school, I wasn't fat anymore, but I used to kind of carry that shit with you. Right. And, um, yeah. but and also being a jack of all trades, being a bard, I felt like I was kind of like, I was interested in history. I knew I was a decent writer, but like, I didn't have that thing. And suddenly with poker, it's like I did. And so like, I had this identity that like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm, I'm better than my friends. So, kind of same thing. We would do tournaments. My one friend would have these tournaments with like 40 of us. And like, they would like, they kind of stopped inviting me because I would win the tournament every time, you know? Um, but to me, it was like so cool that I, I had this identity finally. Um, I think that's cool for a young person to have that, that confidence level. Yeah. I mean, to your point though, like it takes time to build it. I, I think the fact that your parents tolerated and then they supported you, like your confidence went up. My confidence went up when I actually started to get good. For, I, had, I had no confidence in the very beginning, right? I usually, it's, I'm the one that gets made fun of because I suck in the beginning. But then like, as I start to get better, then it's like, oh, okay, here I come. Um, so I, I think it's just, you know, it's, um, it took time to develop that confidence. That's what it is. No, totally. I agree with that. And I think that's, that's super applicable to everything as well. So like, if you look at, you know, with copywriting, which obviously I'm uh, very immersed in that world as, as a kind of like a top copywriter and, and have a mastermind around it and all that stuff. Um, and I think that's one thing I talk about with those copywriters coming up too. I mean, I think people, cause people, I literally had someone email me today who joined my list and was like, Hey, my number one thing is how do I get confidence? And really it is, it's by getting wins. Right. 
as you start to get wins and you get a positive feedback loop, whether it's like at the poker table or when you're gaming or you're copywriting or you're running a business and you're selling to customers and customers start buying and your business is growing. I mean, there's just no substitute for that experience of, of actually winning. It just, it just changes everything. Even if you, you can know it in your head, you can know that all these things should happen, but it's all academic until you experience it. And um, you know, I think that's amazing. All right, that's just about it for today. Before we finish though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words and I send them every day So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com dot com forward slash subscribe and I will see you in my email list.